minute, but just before we do that, I just wanted to really quickly just remind us of the journey that we've been on uh, over the last sort of 18 months, two years. We've been looking a lot at the Father heart of God uh, and what that means for us and the truth that's found in that. And um, how many came to uh, the Leif Hetland conference? When he was here, yeah, quite a few people. So, you know, there's a lot of truth unpacked there. And one of the things that um, was kind of highlighted is that orphan heart that we can often carry. And um, I was just sort of thinking about this earlier. And so for the first, I think, 12 years of my married life, married to Philly over here, um, I lived in a place of passivity in our relationship. And as a result, she lived in a place of control. Now, where does that come from? Where do we see that? Because it started with Adam being passive and Eve taking control. Now, neither of those attributes are good, but I inherited my passivity from Adam. And instead of being clothed in Jesus, I was carrying my old self into this Christian life. Now, praise God, I saw the light. I am no longer passive. She is no longer controlling. And it's a healthier place to be. But that's the orphan heart. That's an example of what it is. And we'll all have aspects of that to a degree. But the truth is, we can be free of it in this life. We don't have to wait till we've died and gone to heaven. We can be free in this life. And it's a matter of grasping the truth, having faith, as I said two weeks ago, I think, wrapping faith, that thing that, it's not a thing we muster up, faith. I've often tried to do that. It doesn't work. But what it is, is having a real deep trust in who he is. So believing what the word says, believing the truth, wrapping faith around that, and then grace moves us into a place where truth becomes our reality. That's good news. So just be aware of that. I know James and Lou are going to come talk to us about the love of God, which is... It's the foundation for life, okay? So we're in for a great time. But Wendy is going to come and give us uh, the reading first. The reading is from 1 John 4, 7 to 12. Loving one another. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world, so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. It's not that we loved God, but that he loved him and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love has been brought to full expression through us. This is the word of our Heavenly Father. Well, good morning, folks. Uh, he's ready to be changed this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Why don't you stand to your feet? 
Just as we were worshipping, I just uh, felt there were some of us here who just, this week, it's felt like you've been in the slime trench all week. Uh, so I just wanted to remind you that Jesus is the one who's overcome death. Uh, he's broken every chain, and even now he stands victorious at the right hand of the Father, praying for your life and for my life and the, for the body of Christ to be victorious, to prevail. Uh, Jesus said that I will build my church in such a way that even the gates of hell will not be able to stand against what Jesus is doing. So carry that truth into your life tomorrow and the day afterwards. And just know that Christ in us is greater than he who is in the world. Okay, so it feels like you're in the sandblaster. feels like you're being slimed. But Jesus is greater because he's overcome. And by faith, not because of our muscles, by faith, we get to live in that truth. Are you ready? So I just love us just to lock into the, the line of the tribe of Judah. And I just want you, just whatever it is, you might be rejoicing, you might be just pressed down, a bruised reed, who he will not break, but a bruised reed. And just in the name of Jesus, we're just going to let out a roar and just throw it all off. Shake off the dust that clings, the sin that so easily entangles, and let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. One, two, three. Amen. <laughs> Grab a seat. <laughs> you lot, what do you like, eh? What do you like? <laughs> Father, thank you for the gift of your word, which is like a two-edged sword, and let it sever soul from spirit, and let us learn from you, Jesus. Let our words not be uh, good words, but what is of you, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would guide us into all truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. <laughs> uh, we, over the next three weeks, are going to be doing a series on love. And I just want to give you a bit of a background for those of you who are new, because I know we are constantly evolving as a church, so I want to bring everybody up to speed. So we arrived six and a half years ago, and our mandate has been very much thus far, the kingdom come. You know, whatever Jesus did when he lived, he still wants to do it now, and we're going to do the works that Jesus has done. So that has been where we have uh, been the whole time, and we're still there. We're not changing that. And then about two years ago, the Lord started to release his truth about him as father, and we spent quite a lot of time looking at him as father last year. And actually lives were transformed through knowing our father. Because we realized that as church, particularly as church in England, we often know Jesus, we knew the spirit, but actually do we know the love, the unconditional love of our father? So we stayed there for quite a while, just uh, just going back, Father, what are you telling us? What do you want to share of your heart? What do you want to share of your nature? And then he started talking to us about loving family. And it started with natural family. So we started to bring a word that God wants to restore and redeem natural family in this church. And we are to be involved in that in our land and in our nation. It's an extension of being loved by the Father restores our natural family and then the Lord is also talking to us that it's not just our natural family but it's you guys here it's the body we are God's family all together so that that's the journey of where we have come from and where we're at today and so Jim talked about kingdom family communities last week and it's not just a nice idea this is actually the vision of the church is to create and be family together. That's what we're going to go after. That is what is going to sustain a move of God. That is what is going to sustain revival is if we can love one another really, really well. And knowing when we've been training our kingdom family community leaders, some of the stuff that we've seen or some of the questions that we've had that's been coming out is, well, I thought we were kingdom. Or you see kind of a divide between I'm definitely kingdom, 
but I don't really, I'm not sure about family. And then you see the others who are, oh, I'm definitely family, but I'm a bit scared to go after kingdom. I'm not sure if I'm anointed or brave enough. And what we want to do is it's not one or the other, right? It is not just kingdom miracles, all that kind of stuff. It's loving one another well as well as that. So the reason we have called it that is because it's the kingdom and its family joined together. Now, family might be a difficult term for some of us, but family was always meant to be the place that love was shown and love was exhibited to one another. It was meant to be within family. And so we are using that word because we are going to redeem that word. And just for the purpose of what we're going to be talking about uh, over the next few weeks as well, I just want to want you to see that love and family are interchangeable. So again, we're not putting family down and we're talking about love. Love is family. It's just family is how we love one another. It's the term we can use to love one another well. I also just want to say that um, during the worship, we know that, that God's on the move and God's doing something in particular this year. And we have got South Downs Awakening coming up. And we believe that there is going to be revival and awakening in this land. And I felt the Lord just show me during the worship that we are in a time where I can feel the labor pains of what God is wanting to do. And I felt the Lord say to me that he is going to be, he is going to be birthing sons and daughters. Right, there's a harvest coming, and he's going to birth sons and daughters into his family. But when a natural baby is born, they're born into a family, not just God's family, but as family together. And I think he just wants to stir our heart and say, come on, church, I need you to be sons and daughters, not orphans, sons and daughters together, because you need to be ready to bring in those people who are going to be born again into this family. So I think just, yeah, come on, isn't that what we want to do? And so let's just, as we, as we share today, just allow God to, just to speak to us. Let's open our hearts before him and let's ask him to, just to stir us in his love for us, that we will stir others, that we will love others. So today we want to begin a three-week uh, mini-series entitled A Perfect Love. You remember that lovely verse from 1 John 4 later in our passage that we had today? Perfect love drives out fear. Isn't it great? You don't shout and scream at fear. You just step more into love and fear has to go. Um, anyway, so this series is about a perfect love, and today we want to just look at um, how we free the heart uh, to love one another, and um, we're going to sort of, well, in a little bit, we're going to do a bit of an orphan heart MOT, and we're going to step out of that into just becoming uh, people who love so fully and overflowingly that it's powerful around us. Uh, so we just want to very briefly, where's my Bible? Just want to very briefly um, set this in a context. One of the most famous uh, passages about God's love in Scripture. And um, the version we had on screen was from the NRSV, which I'm going to run through just for um, a few moments, uh, one or two phrases. Uh, so if we pick up at the start, uh, John begins. This is John, the disciple of Jesus. Um, John begins... Beloved. I think when they used uh, dear friends, some translations say brothers and sisters, the word in the original language is the word agapetoi, which sounds very much like the word you may have heard, agape, which means love. You know, there are three Bible words for love. One means brotherly love. One means romantic love. And the other one is godly love. And John, even referring to his church, calls them the ones who are loved by God. The ones who are beloved. He doesn't say, hey guys, hey colleagues, hey fellow members of this community together. He says, hey, ones who are overshadowed by the love of God. Beloved ones. 
And John is able to call them that because let's remember who's writing this. The guy who goes around telling everybody, do you know what? My name isn't John. My name is, has he referred to himself in the gospel? The disciple whom Jesus loved. So you go into work tomorrow and you've got a new member of the team and they say, hi, I'm Steve. And you say, hi, I'm the one Jesus loves. Because John had had a revelation of the love of God and he couldn't help but that overflow from his heart that defined his identity and it defined how he treated the church around him. So he says, you're the ones Jesus loves. You're the ones Father loves. You are beloved. You are the ones overshadowed by, by love. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If you are born again and you're walking in newness of life in a healthy way, then love is to be the fruit. Love is to be the output. Love is to be the thing, that the scent that you leave behind. Because if you've been born of God, you have him in you, and because he is love, then the scent that we are invited to leave behind us everywhere we go is one of love. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Again, it's a good little health check on us, isn't it? Coming away from my meeting tonight, above it all, are people going away knowing that they're loved by God and by me? And that's the privilege we have. So we'll carry on. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. I'm going to carry on, but beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. I just want to go with the flow. The flow is God does, we do. And so it's God loved us. It's not that we loved him first. God loves us. So in the times where before we became a Christian or in the times that we were a Christian and then we rejected him, God loved us first. It was the drawing of his love that, that drew us to himself. He loves us first. And, you know, Jesus says in John 13 that as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So therefore, if Jesus loved first, what have we got to do? We've got to love people before they love us. So in whether people reject us, whether people don't like us, if we are to follow Jesus then we love as he loved, and we love first. And it talks about God didn't just say, I love you. It was an action. He sent his son into the world. And Jesus didn't just come into the world. He died for us. There was an action. Love was an action, not just in word. And in the previous chapter, in chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, John is quite hardline in how to love. Listen to it. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to do the same for our brothers and sisters. Wow. Are we willing to die for one another? It says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, <laughs> dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. But as James says, love comes from God. And so we can be sure that we don't need to strive to show love. All we need to do is look at Jesus and how he loved us. Look at the Father and how he was willing to send his son to die for us. And as we gaze upon that love, 
that transforms us and flows out and enables us to love others. And then verse 12 says, No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives or he dwells in us and his love is made perfect in us. It says God's presence comes to dwell in us as we love. So as we love, we are reflecting the reality of what is already going on in heaven, that Father, Son, Spirit, they are one in love. And we're reflecting how Jesus loves us. We're reflecting the reality of God on the earth. So we are making the unseen. God is not visible to the naked eye. But by us showing his character, by us showing his nature of love, of care, of compassion, of serving one another, we make the invisible visible to people around us. And it says, Jesus says again, by doing this, by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're meant to look different. We're meant to look like Jesus. We're meant to, if you think about a family business, and you've got a dad or a mum, and then the children coming into the family business. That's what we want to do. We want to come into God's business because we are members of his family. We want to act like him and do the works of Jesus and behave in love as he did. I was thinking about our own children. So some of you will look at them and think they look like us. But actually, if you spend time with them, you'll see that their characters are quite similar to us. And wouldn't it be amazing if people looked at us and just saw our father through the way we acted and the way we loved? And it says at the end of that verse, and his love is perfected in us. There's a really interesting word in the original language uh, being used uh, when it says perfected there. And it's the word teleos, from which we derive in English telescope. Now, you look through a telescope, don't you, to see something far away. And you look through the lens this end, and it transports you right to the destination that you want to see. That's what happens, isn't it? Teleos is normally used in relation to the kingdom. And the kingdom arriving at the destination to which we're being transported. The kingdom comes and we're teleosed into God's final release, if this makes sense. Now, applying that in this passage, what God's saying is, my love is awesome, walk in my love, and when you love one another, what happens is my love actually reaches the final destination that it was released for. It wasn't simply that as individuals we might come into personal fulfillment. But when you love one another, I'm telescoping my love right to the place that I wanted it to be, which was that you love one another. And Jesus said, didn't he, just matching this with John 13, Jesus says, by the way that you love one another, those around you will see that you're my disciples. So God's strategy for showing his love to the world is the reflection of his love that is formed between the the relating that we do to one another. So those outside look and they say, I might not understand, I might not get it, but the way they love one another, oh my goodness, there must be something more. I love that Nietzsche quote that says, those who couldn't hear the music thought that those who were dancing were completely insane. Those who couldn't hear the music thought that those who were dancing were completely insane. It's a bit like observing a silent disco. Have you seen that? It looks completely weird, doesn't it, when you're getting a drink and, and not listening to the music. And it's the, it's the same, we are, as Louise just said, we are meant to be visibly, transformatively different. 
and the tune may not have been able to be caught quite yet by those observing, but that's God's strategy that the interrelating reflects the unseen because he is invisible, but the we reflect his love like that. We telescope that love into, from his heart into the reality of our relating to each other. Is that good? Yeah. Amen. We haven't finished. So we talk about love, but what does it actually mean? What does it look like? How do we act out loving one another? And actually, Paul is great at telling us to make it more simple. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. And you know, this is often read out in uh, wedding ceremonies. And we are all meant to love our husband and wife like that, but it's also he's actually talking about the body the church. And he even takes it a step beyond and says, great, you can prophesy. Great, you can give away your money. But if you don't have love, it's nothing. So let's read it. He tells us that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I'm just going to read that again in a second, because if love is God and God is love, then God is these things. And actually, maybe in our hearts, we need to hear this about who God is this morning. God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He's not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight, sorry, God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects. He always trusts. He always hopes. He always perseveres. He never fails. Now, if God is love and he's calling us to love with his heart, then why don't we own that scripture for ourselves? And we're going to read it again and instead allow God to transform us and become that. So we're going to say, I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. So why don't you just stand for a minute? We're going to do this together. Is this good? Yeah. So even now, let's just allow God to connect with our hearts. And, you know, maybe there's a place we need to grow in. Even now, as we, as we pray this truth, let's let it become us in our hearts. I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I am not proud. I do not dishonor others. I am not self-seeking. I am not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. I always protect, always trust, always hope, always persevere. I will never fail. And may God make us like that to his glory. Amen. Please take a seat. So that's good, isn't it? Yeah. So how do we free our hearts to love so overwhelmingly and without uh, restraint as we go forwards? Well, you know, one of the, one of the uh, aspects that I think God is restoring us from is the orphanness to our hearts that happened when we were absent from God. Uh, and, you know, 
please forgive the language if it's unhelpful without introducing another concept. But if you think about it, all of us before we knew God lived without a heavenly father. So we were all orphaned from him. And he is restoring us from that. He's reconciled us by the blood of Jesus. And we're stepping into the fullness of knowing Father and allowing him to transform us from the inside out that our innermost parts would truly shine the truth that we're sons and daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, and so um, what, what we just wanted to um, do is just sort of check in on that and just take this a bit further and a bit deeper as we as we sort of come around the final final bend um, and you know at root uh, and think about Oliver Twist when he's thrust into the world he has to fend for himself and uh, you know an, an orphan heart really uh, you know is self-focused and self-reliant and uh, you know doesn't know how to do any of the other things because it's not had a functional uh, parenting example so none of us knew God. So when we come to know Father, he's in the process of reteaching us how to live as his children. And we just wanted to do a bit of an MOT on this. So are you ready? Ready for an MOT? Yeah. Lift up the bonnet. Here we go. Boom. Again, it's because actually we just want to highlight the areas where we still need Father to work in our lives. That's all it is. Because to love well, we need to be loved well so that we don't have any love deficit anywhere. So we're just going to highlight some things. And again, this is, we're doing this too. So it's not, church, are you doing this? It's actually, you know, we should always be checking ourselves, checking our hearts. So I think, yeah, we're going to apply it a bit in terms of the KFCs, the Kingdom Family Communities. So the first uh, mindset that we want to just highlight and shift is cliqueiness. I don't want to get to know new people because I've got my people. Actually, what did Jesus do that? He loved beyond his people. He loved beyond boundaries. He loved the most difficult. And actually, let's as a church just... Know that we are so loved and so included by him that we are able to include others. I think that's really important to say because at the heart of our KFC vision is birthing new ones. And so we've been training our leaders to raise you up as leaders because we want hundreds and thousands of these KFCs invading this county like a holy virus. And so in... Sorry, very topical. Um, <laughs> put it under the microscope and the power of God will burn off the bad stuff. Um, but what's interesting is if you've ever been part of church home groups, it's like you get in a group and plonk yourself down for 15 years and then either the home group leader dies or maybe you move church and then you can get out of it. And and actually, we, we, are, we are wanting... To, we've been training our leaders to raise up people all the time so that they can go. Is what Jesus does, doesn't he? He has the disciples for five minutes. He trains them up and then he says, go, boom, you're on a mission now, two by two. Uh, then the 72, then to the nations. So, you know, we just want to sort of hit this and say, oh, I found my people. Now we can sort of, you know, just stay and shut the doors and not let anybody else in. No. Right. Sorry, I expanded that one. Um, Right, the second one. FOMO. Okay, if anybody doesn't know what that means, what does it mean? Fear of missing out. Oh, but the other group looks really sexy and they're doing all these amazing things. And what if I join the wrong one? And what if I get in this group and then I'm with them for 15 years and I don't know how to get out of it? Ah. And <laughs> I don't know. Just anyone been thinking that? Um, and do you know what? Join any group. doesn't matter. Because all of us are called to love and to begin where we are with the people in front of us. So rather than finding, finding the shiniest and, you know, with the whatevers, um, you know, we can never miss God's plan for our lives. We can delay it, but we can never miss it. And at the end of the day, if you feel miserable after a month in your KFC, leave it 
It's a great opportunity to practice rejection and finishing really well with the leaders and just say, hey, I need to find another one. It's fine. It's all good. Find your place. And, uh, yeah. All right. The next one is self-preservation. So I'm too scared to trust people. I don't want to share my heart with people because I'm too scared that they're going to tell people about it or they're going to think badly of me. Self-preservation. Actually, we need to know that we can ultimately trust God. And if our trust and our anchor is firmly placed in him, then we can be open with one another and we can learn to trust others because we are so trusting of our Father that we are safe. Yeah. Come on, you know, as British people, and we're all growing in this, ourselves included, we want to have the deepest possible friendships, don't we? You know, just where we're known, soul to soul, spirit to spirit. Don't we? That's what we, that's what we want. It's the cry of our nation. So let's nail this in the church so we're actually able to help our nation. Um, so, uh, fourth thing, competitiveness. Okay, well, our group's going to the beach this afternoon. Well, our group's going to London. Well, our group's going for a weekend away. And it's like, well, our group's, so, our group's going to the wreck in Ashington for a little picnic. Um, and it's kind of like, do you know what? Come on, let's rejoice in the success of other people. You know, rather, again, an orphan thinks about oneself rather than just thinking, that's awesome they're going on a weekend away to Paris. It's so good. And, and I'm going to go and find my KFC leader and leave that group and join that one. <laughs> but you know what? Wouldn't it be amazing to just see competitiveness healed by a deep-seated security in the Father? That I, I can look at your life whether you're climbing every mountain or you're very, very stationary, and just rejoice in what God is doing. And obviously we are talking about these in terms of kingdom family communities, but apply it to your own life. What, what are the bits that I feel competitive towards? Or, you know, so apply it to your own life. The other one is insignificance. I can't join their group because they're this kind of people and I'm not good enough to be around that kind of people. That's utter rubbish total lie right you have significance right so you can be yourself wherever you go you don't need to think that you're not good enough for certain types of people or other types of people Uh -uh. you're significant because Jesus died for you that's why you're significant let's take hold of that and again let that be the the anchor point in our lives that we know we're significant, and we can go into any situation and still feel significant. I'd love to sharpen that. You know, why don't we choose a group led by a certain type of people that we, open brackets, judge in our hearts, close brackets, um, that we wouldn't normally relate to, to actually just prompt us to grow? You know, let's not live com- comfortable lives as Christians. Come on, we're called to take up our cross, aren't we? Um, so let's seek out the ones that we don't normally feel good enough around and let's get in the game. Um, right, poverty-minded. We um, are inviting our leaders to raise hundreds and, hu- hundreds and hundreds of leaders. We want to share our possessions. We want people to cook meals, open up their homes. You know, we're at the moment working on a coronavirus plan which primarily is about trying to identify the elderly and isolated amongst us because they're going to be the ones who never leave their homes and may be really in trouble. So a poverty-minded person thinks, ah, you know, there's never quite enough and it might run out. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, do not worry about your life. Amen, boom, hashtag, whatever, mic drop. Do not worry about your life. (laughs) It's like emoji, whatever it is. Do not worry about your life. Because the father who can clothe the flowers in the field and the, you know, uh, birds in the air and knows every hair on your head will provide for all of your needs. So come on. Next one, we're going to be quick. We're going to be quick. Um, I'm unsubmissive and I'm difficult to lead and I don't like being told what to do. It's not healthy. 
You know, we are, we are called to be family, to learn from each other. And so let's all be teachable. Let's all be willing to be led by one another because ultimately we want to be led by Jesus. Independence is next. Yep. Why do we need one of these? I'm fine. Love church. I'm all good. I'm just cruising. Yeah, I'm doing my thing. Um, love church on a Sunday. Why do I need people uh, in my life? I fly solo. And, you know, Adam had God, and it still wasn't enough. He needed someone else. You know, we are born to be in powerful, godly relationships. So let's get in the game. The other one, rejection. No one will, no one will want me in their group, so I'm not going to sign up. Again, it's utter rubbish. We do want you. You're welcome here. You are welcome in any group. And again, ultimately, you are never, ever rejected by your father. You're always accepted. You're never forsaken. That's the truth about who he is and who he says you are. Okay, pride. Why haven't they chosen me to be a leader? They should be learning from me. I've got loads to teach. Why do they never ask me to lead worship in the group? You know, um, come on, you know, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. You know, so as we gather in these communities, let's make the job of our leaders just the best ever, shall we? Let's just be the first to serve, uh, you know, the first to, you know, clear the chairs away at the end, wash the coffee cups up, whatever it is. Um, and let's humble ourselves and just trust God that he knows who we are, he knows the gifts that we've got, and he will release them when he's perfectly ready. The last one is I've got commitment issues, so I don't really want to commit to a group because I like to be in control. I like to be a free spirit. I don't want to be pegged down. Paul. <laughs> but Paul says, submit to one another. We're not meant to be free spirits. We're meant to be in unity with one another, submitting to one another. And actually, if you look at Acts 2, they were devoted to one another. You know, what would it look like if we were devoted to one another, we were committed to one another and to this church and committed to welcoming new people into our church? Uh, and we're going to sort of come into land um, with this. I just want to say, and we're going to pick this up a little bit next week. You know, does any, any of that possibly land on somebody you're sitting next to? <laughs> Do you know what? If the people I'm sitting next to could sort out their stuff, church would be a lot easier. <laughs> Great. Do you, do you know the... Do you know the quickest thing? I mean, we just are doing this all the time at home. It's just repentance and stepping into truth. It's, you know, it's just like, is there a thought pattern that Jesus wouldn't have had? Boom, what another opportunity to take this to the cross and to get free and to step into all that, all that he has brought me to me. Literally this week we're preparing. I'm going, you do it. You, I don't need to do this. I, you, know, I, you know, I don't want to stand up and do this. I can't do it. And he's again. Louise, you need to repent. <laughs> so actually, believe me, we're doing this at home. Because actually, go on. I was just going to say, and then we were doing these, and then uh, I was being annoying, because I, I was finding it much easier to prepare a talk on my own. You know? So I'm just like, just leave it to me. I'm going to fly solo with this. I can deal with this. This is now, like, tag team in his... And I was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Just for independence, just flaring up. So, I don't know. It's just like, this is, this is a live thing, guys. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> right, what we're going to do is we're all going to repent as a church. <laughs> because we like to think of it, of it as repentance is like a thorn in your side. And, it, you know, if we talk about this stuff and it hurts, actually, if we repent, then it flicks it out and you can be healed and you can be set free from whatever that niggle was. 
So is that okay if we do that? And we're going to do it as a church because we are one body. We're one family. So we're not going to repent as individuals. We're going to repent corporately. So stand up. We've written here, we're calling it an orphan heart exchange. (laughs) We're giving him our orphan mindsets and we're receiving and we're going to declare afterwards that we're going to be like Jesus. So let's just, um, yeah, there we go. Knowing Father's love frees us to love with his love. And sometimes, you know, if any of us here are longing for a deeper encounter with the Father, I've got to say, you know, I had such a powerful encounter once I began repenting, you know. Um, anyway, knowing Father's love frees us to love with his love. So what we're going to do, just to give you a little example, flick on. Yeah, we, so we're going to go through those. We're going to own them, any strain in our hearts. And then we're just going to pray and make a declaration over our lives uh, with the opposite. So we're all going to pray together. We're going to go, I repent of cliqueiness. I open my life to other people and will actively look out for and include others. Okay? So Holy Spirit, uh, let these not just be words, but we just want to uh, interact with you now and there to be a powerful transaction that takes place. I thank you that what you don't love is weeping and gnashing of teeth, but what you love is a humble and contrite heart. And we pray, Spirit of God, that you would find that in this church and in all of our lives and that you would lead us forth Uh, to go and just step into your love in greater and greater ways. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's pray. I repent of cliqueiness. I open my life to other people and will actively look out for and include others. I repent of fear of missing out. I declare I will never miss God's plan for my life. I repent of self-preservation. I declare I will trust others and form close friendships. I repent of competitiveness. I rejoice in the success of others. I repent of insignificance. I declare I am precious to God and my life has value. I repent of poverty-mindedness. I am generous and Father will provide for me. I repent of unsubnificence. I declare I will honor and respect others and I will be a great follower. I repent of independence. I declare I was made to give and receive love in relationships. I repent of rejection. I declare I am accepted and I am loved. I repent of commitment issues. I declare I am devoted to others and love to play my part in the body of Christ. Right, come on, let's pray. (laughs) Let's just open our hearts to the Lord now. God, we thank you for your love for us. I thank you, Father, that you sent your son to die for us. And I thank you, Jesus, that you laid down your life for us, that we may know our Heavenly Father. Father, will you increase the revelation of your love for us within this church? I just declare a love explosion in this place that comes from the Father and is taken out that we can, as he loves us, that we will be able to love others. We know, God, that love comes from you. Will you take us all deeper in your love.
in who you are and who we are as a result of you. Will you cleanse us of all unrighteous mindsets? And will you free us with your love to love others well? We say yes, Father God, to you birthing new people into your kingdom this year. Increase the revelation of your love so that we are able to reveal your love to others. And would you make us so steadfast as a church in your love that we are able to be family together. And that we are able to welcome new sons and daughters of yours into our family. Make us ready. May we be a church that does kingdom and love as Jesus did it. Ignite our hearts, Holy Spirit. almost um, see us standing underneath Niagara Falls just with our mouths open just getting smashed by the love of God so I just pray in the name of Jesus um, that you would just move our hearts expand our capacity to catch your love that it would go deep into our innermost parts that our innermost parts would just cry out in worship of you and in response to your great great love May we catch who you are, Father. May we catch all that you've done for us, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, may you just put a dynamite bomb on that in the name of Jesus, that we may become overflowers with your great, great love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think what, um, what we're going to do to um, sort of close off this service is... Um, uh, I'm going to pray a blessing now. If you'd like any prayer this morning, then do come forward. And some of our team, Healing Center guys, will be around at the front if you'd like some prayer. But I'm going to pray a final blessing now. And we'll pick up A Perfect Love, part two, next Sunday. Uh, grab somebody's hand and let's pray together. Is this good, people? Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for all that you're doing. And as we go now, may your blessing, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon our lives. When we go to work, when we go home, when we interact with people this week, let your tangible presence be upon our lives. May you open the eyes of our hearts to glimpse you deeper and deeper and deeper. And may we give it away freely, 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 even as we're freely receiving from you. Amen. Ashington, the 11, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen.